Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? We live here for week 10 on the DJ Nation podcast. It's the week 10 DraftKings breakdown powered by the Fantasy Authority. Ryan Williams here at Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find me on Twitter. Joined by the usual suspects, Mr. Kevin Steele himself, the Godfather, a.k.a. Goat, a.k.a. Hot Takes to the Bank. Fantasy Rap 13 is where you can find him on Twitter and Maddie DFS, Maddie DJ Nation, Maddie MVS. What is up, brother? What is up, Kev? Let's get into this week 10 slate, yo. The last main slate before Thanksgiving. I know it, man. And wow. Pure chaos ensues on the five man pod that we have set up for, for next week. That's crazy. I mean, well, two, two, we got two more mains. We got this one and, and one more until Thursday. Thanksgiving. Don't jump the gum too quickly, Maddie. Uh, I'm a week off. Yeah, you're a week off. You're a week off. That's all right. But yeah, we're going to be, man, we're excited about that Thanksgiving. uh, It's my favorite slate of the year. I just wanted to be here already is what it is. It's going to be a great slate, DJ Nation. We're probably going to give you about 90 minutes of content for three games uh, as we get some guests on here for the Thanksgiving show as we usually do. So we're excited about that. And we'll definitely be talking about that next week. But we got week 10 on tap, boys. And my, oh, my, it's a good one. Episode 88 here for the DJ Nation podcast. If you guys aren't already already doing so follow us on DJ on Twitter at DJ nation pod. Uh, like I said, you can follow all of us on our Twitter handles there and make sure you're following the fantasy authority at FF underscore authority. That's where all the content and everything can come out week in and week out. Appreciate everybody showing us love on the YouTube channel, showing us love with all the shows that we got with the early waiver wire show coming on Sunday nights, weekly start and sit show coming out on Wednesdays. Everybody who's live there, Appreciate you guys. All right, let's talk about some DFS and get into the slate as we get into it. And my, oh, my, I mean, (laughs) Christian McCaffrey, right? Like coming back last week, now he's out with the shoulder injury um, and expected to miss some time. I know he was getting a second opinion there, but just unbelievable that Christian McCaffrey comes back, drops a 30 burger uh, on us um, just, just to leave again, leave our hearts again and opening up some value plays there's a lot of value plays that are that are slowly opening up and we do this on thursday so things can change depending on who gets ruled in who gets ruled out we're at the midweek of of practices coming to fruition and everything like that with the full injury reports and so it's going to be a fun one but we got to start off at the at the top here and i just i just kind of want to talk about just what to do on this slate because I know we've had a conversation about it and it's been a conversation all throughout the channels there. I've seen all the Twitter channel about what you're doing with Mike Davis this week. Mike Davis for somehow, some way 
He's priced at four thousand on DraftKings, which is it's very it's very bizarre. It's not like DraftKings to have a player like this, even though he was the backup who was seeing a role, even with Christian McCaffrey playing, to then go to the minimum just because McCaffrey's back. It just it just felt really weird. I couldn't believe when Maddie brought up his price to me on Monday, and and we got into a heated discussion ourselves just about what to do with Mike Davis and. Uh, I still feel like I I lean on the side um, that we were talking about on Monday, but I do think now just kind of letting the slate evolve. I do think that there are ways to kind of get an edge with this play, so to speak. And and I want to hear your guys' thoughts because every time a play like this comes up to fruition, um, there's, there's going to be opinions on it. So uh, Kev, why don't, why don't you start it off here? Um, Cause you seem to be the most passionate about this play and just let me know. I not, don't even talk about the play itself, but like where, what is your feeling about mid price running backs and when they are okay to play? Because usually a min price running back means that they're going to be chalk. It really doesn't matter. It does matter who the player is, but to a certain extent, sometimes it doesn't. And just people are looking for squares and we're now 10 weeks into the season where people are looking ways to build in the guys that they know that they want huge spots. We got, you know, Buffalo and Arizona, big game Rams in Seattle, big game. Those guys are priced up. So we're getting options there where people want to pay up for spots. How do you feel about just men price running backs in general? And then you can segue that into how you feel about this specific running back on this slate. Well, I think people get too caught up in the in, in the whole thing. Um, I think as soon as something like this happens, people get uh, overly excited about it, and I think people rush to judgment. If if he was in a great spot, like yeah, I'm all about it. I I get it, you know, and it makes a whole lot of sense. But he's not. This is a terrible spot, and uh, and so like for me, it really just comes down to like like cause this was a great matchup against the, uh, you know, and the roles were reversed, and this was against you know uh you know a bottom defense then sure that i'm all about that and i get the play because of how cheap he is and how, what, what he allows you to do but this then this spot that because a guy that's going to carry he's probably going to he's 30 to 40 percent ownership if not higher and when you talk about single entry and and you know three entry maxes he's you know he could be 50 percent owned and that's just ridiculously high for a guy and like it would be different like if there wasn't like a bunch of like last week i know that every running back bust, I get that. But like even heading into the week, like there wasn't, I wasn't like, man, I, I'm salivating over all these running backs I really want to play. I thought like there was like two or three of them that were really great spots, and then there were some other ones that I, I kind of liked, but I didn't love. And and that you know, and it, it is what it is. Like, but this week there's a ton of running backs I love to, I, I want to play this week. Like, I love this week in terms of for the running backs, and so I just don't think you have to play them. And like I, I know the argument is, and I've you know that we've had in the chat is that the Bucks have been terrible against pass catching running backs, and that's actually hundred percent inaccurate. Like they, I mean, they they really haven't allowed a, really a big game. You have to go all the way back to week two whenever they played the Panthers because I went and looked because I was curious to kind of break it down. And you go and look, week nine, Alvin Kamara five receptions, nine yards. Latavius Murray two catches, three yards. Week eight. Wayne Gallman, one catch, 18 yards. Deion Lewis, one catch, eight yards, a touchdown. Week seven, Josh Jacobs, three catches, 14 yards. Devontae Booker, two catches, nine yards. Week six, Aaron Jones, three catches, 26 yards. Jamal Williams, zero catches on one target. Week five, David Montgomery, seven catches, 30 yards, no touchdowns. Week four, Joshua Kelly, three catches, 26 yards. Justin Jackson, two catches, two yards, 
The week after that, Melvin Gordon, three catches, 12 yards. Devonta Freeman, two catches, 31 yards. Now you go back to week two, CMC, four catches, 29 yards. Davis, eight catches, 74 yards. Week one, five for 51 and a touchdown from Alvin Kamara. That's the that's what they've done. So they have not been terrible against the uh, against pass or against running backs in terms of pass catching running backs. I mean, I would argue it's been the complete opposite. The the first two weeks where you could make a case that you know defenses are you know still getting up to cast and everything else, you know, no, no preseason and everything else. But really, since week two, nobody's done shit against them. I mean, even last week. Now the 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 Saints didn't have to re, re, you know do a ton, but still, I mean, Alvin Kamara had five catches for nine yards against them. So to to me, like this is not a great matchup for Mike Davis. And, and so, and, and if you go back and look at the game logs of what he was doing prior to Christian McCaffrey coming back, like he he really was kind of falling off and wasn't the same guy anymore. Like he had a nice little run. And so all those things considered, like this is not a free square. This is not a smash bot. And there's there's so many ways this can go wrong. And I grant it at 4K, like, you know, if he gets you 10 to 12, it's still not killing you and you're probably okay. But are you really separating yourself from the field whenever 40% of the field could have him? And I think that's my problem is everybody was so quick. Like it wasn't even just in the chat. It was all over Twitter of, oh, free square, free square, you know, fire up Mike Davis, free square. And I'm like, that's ridiculous because I feel like sometimes we just don't go and actually look into some of this stuff. Like it's easy to go on like pro football reference or whatever you bring up your stats and then see, oh, and if you look at the stats, because if you do, if you look at the the Bucks, they're, they're like eighth in, in, I think, receiving yards to running backs. And then they're like, I think I've given up like four touchdowns or something like that to reset to back. So you look at that, you're like, okay, they've been bad. But if you actually go through the game log and I'm like, no, like, I, I'm not seeing anywhere here where a running back had a monster game. Really, Mike Davis in week two is the only guy that did. And past that, nobody's done shit against them as, as a pass catcher. And so with all those things considered, and I have to figure that the Bucks team has got to come out and look at this, destroy uh, after what just happened to them and got Barris on national TV. And, and so, like, I don't know. Like, this just seems like way too many ways this thing could go wrong. And I know I saw it for like five minutes. But I'm just saying, like, for me, like, I'll probably have zero Mike Davis. I may have a couple lineups with them, but it's going to be very, very little exposure. I may be 5% ownership uh, of him because I just think there's so many different ways this can go wrong. And this is one of those times that, you know, I think there's good chalk and bad chalk, and this feels like bad chalk. Maddie, go ahead, chime in. I mean, I don't fully disagree, but I don't necessarily agree either. I mean, it's 4K, right? And we were were sitting here talking about how we were going to play Tony Pollard uh, at 4K last week against the Steelers, and that's arguably the worst thing you could ever do is play a running back against the Steelers, uh, especially when they're running at, out Garrett Gilbert as their starting quarterback. That I mean, that offense was slated to go nowhere. Um, and then a couple weeks ago, Kev, I remember you said, I'm going to leave DJ Dallas open uh, if Chris Carson's ruled out uh, from the you know for the 4 o'clock games and because he's going to be the only guy they have at min price. And it's, it's, to me, it's the same type of play, right? You're going to play a min price guy. Now, granted, DJ Dallas wasn't going to come in at 35% owned, but at the same time, I mean, he's a 4k guy getting all the run uh, in a questionable spot. And he ended up lucking luck boxing into two touchdowns and scored 25 points that week. It's, I mean, it's really hard for me to, to give up, volume at 4k at the running back position especially when the majority of this guy's volume is going to come through the air i now i will say i do agree that i i think that his ceiling is probably capped a little bit uh but we are talking about a 4k salary and not a 6k salary if we were if he was like 
6K, 5,500, we'd be having a completely different discussion. But $4,000, usually there's a lot you can do with an extra $1,000 on the rest of your build. Like that's the difference between like a uh, Devontae Adams and maybe like a Adam Thielen or a, you know, a top end tight end and a, and a mid-range tight end. It's like the, a lot of times that, that extra dollars can can do a lot for you or you're punting at quarterback instead of playing Kyler Murray like things like that. So I definitely think it's more of an opportunity cost thing. Like if you can make a build without him, I'm fine with it. Go for it, do it. But I will say if you're like, you know, you're struggling for salary and you're just forcing in gross pump plays just for the sake of not playing Mike Davis. I don't, I don't think that's, that's the optimal way to go this week. Well, a couple of things that, <laughs> as you mentioned, the reason I wanted to play DJ Dallas, cause I knew that he was going to have zero ownership and, um, so that that's why I want to play. That's not the case with this. Like that that was a, a, a situation where I knew that he was, and he did. He was like one percent owed uh, on the main slate because nobody nobody thought enough to to get him in and have you know a spot open for him, which is what I did. Um, in terms of Tony Pollard, I did not want to play Tony Pollard. We can go back and listen to that. Like I said, that was crazy. There's no way I'm playing Tony Pollard against the Steelers. And but regardless of that. Like, I, I don't know. Like I said, like, I, I just feel like there is so many different ways that this could go wrong. And it, it just doesn't seem like, and like I said, like, I, it'd be different if like this was a, a week where like there just wasn't a lot of running backs that I like. Like, there's a ton of running backs that I like. And I would ask, granted, that he's probably not going to, maybe he doesn't get the same exact volume, but Matt Burita is in a better spot in his 4K. And, and he looks like he's going to play this week. He's definitely going to be the pass catching back. And, and he's only 4K. I mean, Jordan Howard, yes, he's there. But at the most, he may, he's going to steal some early down work from Matt Breida. But, I mean, Matt Breida is still 4K and arguably a better spot. And, and is definitely going to be the pass catching back. Come, coming off of injury, though. So we don't really we don't really know what his snap share is going to be in this first game back. Sure. Right. Yeah, right. I will watch, wait and they see. Just ran but... out, they just ran out four backs last week. <clears throat> and so none of them did anything. And their best one was uh No, for sure. But just to know that they're even throwing bodies out there. I mean, outside of outside of Mike Davis, Kev, like it's Reggie Bonifin, and that's if he can go. Like, so you know that you're getting, you know, 90% of the snaps there with a guy who had been carrying the workload, right? And so I, I just I mean it's one thing when you don't know what the situation is. And it's another thing when you get a guy who's in a situation that is, you know, bountiful as far as, you know, we know that they're only going to use DJ, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, uh, Robbie Anderson and the running back. And against this, against this Bucks team where they, you know, they could be in a position where they need to put up points and they could be, you know, needing to, utilize him more and have him on the field and have these short dump offs. I mean, you looked at that first game that they played against and Christian McCaffrey saw 23 opportunities in addition to Mike Davis putting up that eight and 74 line. So when you can get a guy like this at 4k and I get, I, I understand Kev, like I get that the play, it, it does not lead to the upside of breaking the slate. Like I'm not saying here, sitting here saying that Mike Davis is going to be the Dalvin Cook of this week or the Christian McCaffrey from last week. But at 4K, when you're getting a guy who is a receiving back and that's what he's doing. I mean, in the same regard that people want to play like Duke Johnson, want to play J.D. McKissick this week in spots, like how are you not looking at Mike Davis when we know what his ceiling is? His ceiling is well into the 20s and into the 30s. 
like it doesn't it doesn't even matter because the utilization, even even if the spot isn't looking like it's that great of a spot, Kev, like on paper, the way that teams have targeted this team for, through the running game is is by the, you know, running receiving backs. Like you said, fourth in allowed uh, receptions to receiving backs. They have the seventh most yards, I believe, allowed to, to back. So like those game logs, like in a vacuum, no, they don't look good. But when you look at the production on paper and saying, OK, that's a way that they can attack the team and that's going to be the only guy back there to do so. And maybe it's Curtis Samuel. Maybe that's the leverage play. But I don't think you really need to overthink it in tighter builds like in multi-entry like the fields that you play Kev where there's two twenty thousand people a hundred thousand people you need to be then by fading Mike Davis yeah that's that's a smart play because of what his ownership is going to be but if you're in the fields like Maddie's in where you're trying to beat 600 people a thousand people like starting with Mike Davis that's I think that's a good way to start and you only need to think about eight other spots there if the guy goes out and gets you 15 to 20 you're 3x 4x on that position and not really needing to think about it. Yeah, but if you look, so, okay, so again, well, let's let well, let's just take a, a trip back and look at Mike Davis. What Mike Davis has done. You have to go back to week five um, until he was at. If you want to consider him, uh, you know, somebody that you would maybe want to play, and where he was actually utilized as a pass catcher, because week six he he ran thirty four routes, but he was only targeted three times, uh, two receptions, fifty five yards, right? Or that's total uh-huh. yards. And then week seven. He only ran 18 routes, targeted five times. Week eight, he against the Falcons, which we know the teams want to tell you know that they're, they're not good against pass catching running backs. 13 carries, two targets, only ran 17 routes, one reception. And, and so, I mean, things were turning down like they, they were not utilizing him that way. And a lot of it had to do, and I feel like I think a lot of that correlates with the fact of Curtis Samuel being more involved in this offense. Like that is right when Curtis Samuel, because Curtis Samuel is also being utilized as, as a running back. Like he's getting touches out of the backfield and they're using him much more in that manner. And if you look at the, the game logs, I mean, I think they pretty much coincide with each other. The fact when Curtis Samuel started going off is at the same time as we're seeing Mike Davis's numbers trend down. And, and, and so I feel like that they would rather utilize someone like Curtis Samuel, who is far more explosive and, and somebody that's why I mean, that's what it looks like to me whenever you look at this game log. And so, again, like I feel like you could be looking at this scenario where he gets 13 carries and maybe he gets three or four targets. And you're like, damn, I got I got got by Mike Davis. Right. And so for me, like I, I don't even talk about this for, I guess, almost 20 minutes now. But I'm just saying, for me, I, I just can't do it. I think there's so many different ways this can go wrong. And I, I, I think, you know, I, I just think there's easier ways to uh, pass the build. I'm just curious to hear who you like at running back position because it's pretty gross. <laughs> I, don't, I totally disagree. I love the running back position this week. I disagree. Well, I think it's gross. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I wanted to start it off with that because that does kind of give credence to how people will build. And I do think, like, if you're playing Mike Davis, I, I think that a lot of teams will probably have like a Devonte Adams at wide receiver to pay up for him um, because he allows you to do so pay up for Rogers. So let's talk about the quarterback position um, as we, you know, we get into this. And so we got Kyler Murray, who's coming in at the top, who's just been fucking amazing at, at the position with the rushing upside that he's offering week in and week out eight, eight K is where he comes in at. And it feels just 
too low. I mean, we saw Lamar last year and he's on pace to break all of Lamar's records from, from a year ago. And Kyler Murray is priced lower than we saw what Lamar was getting to in 2019. So I still think, and you know, Buffalo, they've, they've allowed some rushing points to quarterbacks as well. So I think he's in a fine spot. We got Aaron Rodgers, who's in, you know, pretty much a blow up matchup against this uh, Jacksonville defense as the Green Bay Packers are at home favored by almost two touchdowns in that game. Russell Wilson at the top, Josh Allen, uh, and then we got a guy, those are your 7K and up guy, uh, quarterbacks. And then we got a guy this week in Deshaun Watson, who comes in at 6,900 and a Cleveland defense that has had trouble stopping wide receivers. And when you look at how pass heavy the Texans have been all year on the season, I mean, I was going through and looking at his attempts and they really haven't gone, you know, outside of the outside of the 40s you know he's been in the 30s and high 30s but when you look at how many plays they're running they're like a 60 percent 65 percent pass heavy team and without David Johnson out there for them they're gonna have Duke and he's a pass catching back and I just think this shapes up well for Deshaun Watson to go up on the road and put up points I, I really like getting to some builds with him as I know that he has a narrow distribution um, of targets and and I definitely like that uh other guys you know that w- we want to talk about here is Jared Goff Jared Goff looking to be very popular this week, 6,500 going against the Seahawks at home. Uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on Tom Brady possibly this week and in a you know bounce back spot here on the road as they have stuff to play for. And he's got his full slew of weapons. Granted that Godwin gets off the injury report and healthy there. Uh, Antonio Brown back. Um, Joe Burrow, who's, you know, he's 5,700 going against the Steelers, but if it was any indication last week of these backup quarterbacks for the Cowboys, you know, keeping them in a game and Roethlisberger being on the COVID list and not being able to practice until uh, Saturday, it looks like, or be activated until Saturday, uh, you know, Joe Burrow might be first to throw there. And and whether you think that, you know, can put up points or not, he, he's had the attempts. And so volume should be there. That's kind of what we like to see um, for DFS purposes. And then the other guy down in this range that I'm starting to look at is Derek Carr. Derek Carr has been a guy that you've talked about numerous times, Kev, um, in plus spots. And he gets a Denver matchup that Matt Ryan uh, should have obliterated last week. And they just had some drives that stalled out there. But he comes in at 5,400 here against the Denver team that, you know, maybe they get A.J. Bouye back this week off the injury report. It looks like he's practicing. But this Denver defense has definitely been had. And there's a lot of guys that I like to to use on uh, on the Raiders to kind of get leverage off of maybe Josh Jacobs, who could be popular this week as the running back position. Like you said, Maddie, isn't really showing us much right now at this point. Um, Maddie, I'll start with you. What, what are you looking at, at at quarterback this week and where are your builds leaning you early on? Yeah, I think you touched on most of it. Um, I re- really like there's two games that stand out to me as, as full-blown game stacks. Um, the first one's Buffalo, Arizona. Uh, Buffalo, we know their defense isn't very good. And that's the game I wanted to stack last week as well. And I, I know they made Russ, you know, kind of struggle last week. But Seattle was still able to put up a bunch of points. It's just Buffalo put up way more. That game went for like 80 points. So Buffalo, Arizona is a fun one. Uh, I love Kyler Murray. Like you mentioned, he's on pace with all the Lamar stuff last year. Uh, And 8K is too cheap for a guy who's got the ability to rush for 100 yards. I know he just did that for the first time this year. But uh, in a game which they should be competing with Buffalo back and forth, it's not a game where they're just going to let Murray just sit back and and throw more. Uh, He's still going to have to use his legs, maybe more so than, than he has all year. 
um, just because of the, the nature of how the game landscape breaks out this week. Uh, so I, I don't think 8K is, is too much for him, so don't let that price tag scare you off. Uh, and when you're stacking with Kyler Murray, because of his rushing ability, you don't have to double stack with him. You can just play one of Hopkins or, or Kirk. Um, or even, you know, if, if you like a build with him with him naked, that's fine too. Deshaun Watson this week, especially if David Johnson's out, I don't, I don't think they're just going to continue to hand Duke Johnson you know, a ton of carries like he's going to he's going to definitely get probably 15 to 18. But I don't see them just coming out and just saying, hey, we're just going to run the ball 25 times. Um, so I think Watson's in a great spot in Cleveland's a they've been a pass funnel all year as well. So it's not really a defense you want to try to run the ball on. So uh, I definitely like Deshaun and Houston ranks. They're in the top five in uh, pass rate when the game's within one score as well. So definitely like Deshaun there. Uh, 6,900 is too cheap for him. And his, uh, it's easy to stack with him too. You've got Will Fuller. Uh, you can even run the cheap tight end, uh, Jordan Akins. You can run Brandon Cooks. Uh, what they do is, is pretty, pretty straightforward there on offense. And they, they like to throw the ball early and often. So I really like Deshaun. Uh, Jared Goff is an obvious one. Don't really need to talk about how bad Seattle is at defending the pass. Uh, especially if, if, uh, Daryl Henderson's out. I don't see them just handing Cam Akers a bunch of work, S- similar to the Houston situation, right? So a lot of times we want to play these backup running backs uh, when they do get into the starting role. But at the same time, when you've got a, you know, a decent to good quarterback, uh, Jared Goff's decent. I mean, he's he's not good by any means, but I mean, he, he can get, get the job done better than most quarterbacks in the NFL. But Against Seattle, you, you throw a ball, throw the ball against them. Uh, so if, if Henderson's out, I, I like golf even more. And then the cheap guy I'm on this week is Carson Wentz. Uh, Philly throws the ball, similar to Houston, they throw the ball the eighth most, eighth highest pass rate uh, when games are within one score. Uh, Wentz just lit up the Giants a couple weeks ago. And the Giants, while they showed a stingy defense to start the year, they, as of late, they've kind of been getting lit up by opposing quarterbacks. And, I mean, even last week, Alex Smith threw, came in after a Kyle Allen injury and threw for over 300 yards against them. So uh, the, the pass defense for, for New York has given up over 300-yard games in two of the last three. Um, and and I, I think it's, you know, a spot that nobody's going to play wins because of how bad he has looked. And, you know, the Giants have been decent this year as a defense as a whole. But, I mean, the whole offense is going to run through Wentz, uh, especially if Miles Sanders misses another game. Uh, and 5,900 is too cheap for a guy who could throw the ball 40-plus times. And he's, you know, his last five or six games, he's thrown two touchdowns each game. He's got rushing upside. Uh, that, that New York Giants game, he had a rushing touchdown. Uh, he's got multiple of those this year. So Wentz is a sneaky guy with a 30-point upside uh, in him at 5,900. Um, in a divisional game against the Giants. So those are the the four, you know, games and quarterbacks that 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 I'm sticking with this week. Kev, what about you at quarterback? How you feeling? Yeah, it's pretty much much the same. Um, you know, Kyler has pretty much just been matchup proof. He's crushed every single week. He has at least 60 yards rushing, I think, in I think at least four of his games, or I think it's six of it. I think I think at least six games this year. I mean, so he's kind of giving you both, whether he doesn't get it done on the ground, he still has the ability to, um, well, has eight rushing touchdowns as well. So, I mean, there's a lot, especially on DraftKings, where you get uh, six points for the rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, even at 8K, I, I still, this is like a Lamar Jackson situation for him last yep. year, where, right. um, 
every single week, the guys just match up proof. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, great matchup. Now, the only thing that would worry me with this one is do they just kind of get out early and just steamroll them? Because uh, I don't think Jake Lutton is going to uh, keep this uh, magic going that he uh, that, that he was uh, doing last week where he, uh, against, against Houston. I don't think it's going to happen against their, uh, Green Bay, especially in Green Bay. Um, yeah, I don't really need to talk about Josh Allen. You know, I think Justin Herbert as well against Miami is, is in a great spot at 6,600. Like him as a lot as well. Um, I completely agree. As uh, one of the guys going to talk about was Carson Wentz. Uh, love that play as well. I think people will be scared away a little bit of this Giants defense, and I don't think you really need to. Um, they've pretty much been fortunate where they've given up the fourth most passing yards on the season, but they just uh, have not given up a ton of passing touchdowns. They've only given up 14 compared to a lot of these other teams, which puts them kind of down the bar- further down. So that's kind of where, um, you know, I, I think, I think uh, people maybe did not want to play him as much. And, you know, Jalen Rager's back, Travis Fogum. We're going to get Alshon Jeffrey back. It sounds like that uh, he finally is practicing full. We'll see what that guy's got. So, you know, Dallas Goddard, like there's a lot of weapons here. and they're, they're, None of them are really that high price. So you can kind of build a pretty good cheap stack with with, with Carson Wentz. So um, like him quite a bit. I think a couple, if you want to go lower, like I don't hate Matt Stafford at 5,800. Like I feel like I keep going back to that well. And one week it's really going to really pay off. But I mean, you know, a couple weeks ago he had, what, 27 fantasy points so or DK points. So uh, I think it's there for him. Uh, I, I'm curious if the pace will be there. It doesn't sound like Kenny Galladay's got to play. Now we're going to have to monitor with TJ Hawkinson because all of a sudden he didn't practice today, even though he practiced in full the day before. So that's something we'll have to monitor. With that I mean, if Hawkinson's out and Galladay, then there's no way I'm playing Matt Stafford. But um, I still think Stafford at 5,800, I think he's cheap enough that you could get there. And then I, I don't hate Drew Locke again. You know, at, at 5,500, he came through last week with a 33 against Atlanta. Uh, you know, it is, a, it is a divisional game, but – um, it is in uh, Las Vegas, so you know we're inside a dome here. So there's no concern about weather or anything like that. So at 5500, like Drew Locke, like the last two weeks, like really over the last week and a half, like Drew Locke has looked pretty good, and you know they have all their weapons. And Noah Fant practicing full today, so it sounds like he'll be available for that game. Uh, Jerry Judy kind of had a coming out party uh, against them, where I you know I, I had a stack with Fant and Jerry Judy with Drew Locke last week that that, that did pretty well. And, you know, uh, KJ Hamler starting to get more involved. We'll talk about that with the, with the wide receivers as well. So I think this offense is kind of uh, starting to take a step forward. And, you know, I guess the, I guess the Raiders at 5,500, if you're looking for a cheap stack, like I like Drew Locke. Yeah, I, lo- I like Drew Locke too. And I, I think Judy was uh, is on the injury report, if if I saw that correct, Kev. I'm not sure if he it, what, what's going on with him or if it's just – if he's just dealing with something minor, but um, I did see that, but I, you know, if all, if all of his pieces are there and we saw Fant come back in that game as well too, uh, when he left early. So I, I, I like it too. I mean, if, if they're going to be in a position where the, you know, the Raiders are putting up points on them, whether that's Josh Jacobs or Derek Carr, uh, this, this kid will, will throw and it always doesn't look pretty, you know, with the deep ball, but um, he does show you that he can get there. Um you know, with, with the arm, uh, before we move on to running backs, I just wanted to touch on, um, you know, two guys real quickly, the older, older veteran guys on what you guys would do. I mean, it, Roethlisberger, he's on the COVID list, so he's can be activated Saturday. And if he plays here against the Cincinnati team, I mean, they should be able to, you know, have their way with him. And I know that this spot will leave, um, a couple of people with the sour taste in their mouth if you they played Big Ben on the road, but he's traditionally in his career like always played better at home. And the Bengals, it's always a team he gets fired up for. He's 6,200 there. You know 
who to play him with, right? Like you don't really have to do that much guesswork. It's it's Deontay, it's Juju, it's Claypool, Ebron at the tight end if you want to in an ugly position. So um, it, he's kind of interesting to me. And then Drew Brees there, who's got the questionable tag, and I think it's just maintenance, but he's 6,400 playing at home, going against the San Fran defense that has been completely obliterated all year. And we just saw, you know, Aaron Rodgers give them the business and Drew Brees, you know, it's frustrating with Taysom Hill and all that coming in and they do so much weird stuff. But this is a matchup that, I I mean, at 6,400, I think, you know, the plays to play him with as well, too, um, if you can get those right. So I just wanted to see if you guys were interested in those guys at all or if they were just not going to make it on your belts this week or this, this early in the week. I don't hate Roethlisberger, but I think it's just frustrating trying to pinpoint exactly who's going to be the guy this week, right? Like, whether it, because I mean, I do, I mean, whether it's Juju, whether it's Deontay, whether it's, whether it's Claypool, um, but I don't hate it at 6,200, but I just think, you know, I'd rather pay the extra 300 and maybe play Jared Goff um, or the extra 400 and play Herbert or pay, pay a little bit cheaper and get down to Wentz. And, you know, I don't hate it. It is a good matchup against Cincinnati. Like, Cincinnati's not great against the past. Um, they are 25th and past DVOA. So, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a terrible matchup for them, but you know, I could also see them just, you know, running the ball a lot. And, um, cause they're also not very good against the run either. Uh, they're actually, you know, 32nd in the league and or 25th and, and, and run DVOA as well. So, um, I think, you know, you can beat them both ways. So, you know, maybe playing James Connor, who a lot of people are going to be let down by him as well. A lot of people want to play James Connor last week and, uh, didn't work out as well as people thought. No, for sure. I, yeah, I mean, I think I think the quarterbacks at the top, I mean, they really just you're looking at the point totals that they can get the point, to, the implied totals for their teams, uh, the numbers that they've put up in great matchups. And it just feels like, you know, if you're not playing Murray, Rogers, Wilson or Allen, you really need to be getting points from somewhere else that you really feel confident in. I think if I was going to play any of these guys, like the the Brady, the Roethlisberger, or the Breeze, it's definitely going to be Brady. Um, with all those weapons they have, again, I think they're going to be uh, highly motivated to come out and uh, prove that they're not trash. Uh, I mean, they just uh, got about as embarrassed as you possibly could on national TV at home. Um, and, you know, we just saw – I mean, the, the, look at the Chiefs offense, what they just did against Tampa. So – or against Carolina. So uh, I I don't hate Tom Brady at 6,300. That feels a little bit too cheap with all the weapons they have here. And um, I I just feel like that's a little bit too cheap for him. That's, that's fair. I, I, I was looking at Tom Brady too, because of the, because of the weapons there as well too, Kevin, I think he'll go over Lux. So that's interesting to me. You guys got anything else at quarterback before we move it on to running back, I guess back again to running back. Um, We'll talk about running back here again. And so, you know, we talked about it at the top of the show. I mean, Mike Davis being there at 4K. But honestly, I mean, you know, we're looking at guys like Duke Johnson in the mix, um, priced up, I believe, to 4900 or something like that. Uh, J.D. or yeah, he's 49 or he's 5000. J.D. McKissick is 4900. Um, Kenyon Drake coming back 4900. If uh Henderson can't go, which I believe McVay has said that he can go. So we'll see if McVay uh, is an asshole again. I talked about it last week. Asshole coaches from the NFC West all day. But uh can't believe anything they say. Ma- Malcolm Brown is 4,700 if that's the case. Cam Akers 4,200. And then these, you know, Miami guys, if 
if you're interested in playing them, they're they're going to be dirt cheap too. But we started at the top, and so you got Alvin Kamara that's eight two on DraftKings. Then Aaron Jones is the next closest with seven. He's seven one on DraftKings, and then you get to kind of this six thousand dollar range of just a slew of guys. I mean, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt being priced within a hundred dollars of each other. That's crazy. Um, Chuck Chubb can be activated this week. Um, you know, Miles Sanders at 6,400. I saw people talking about him in the chat and, and that's kind of a spot that I was looking at too, because we, you know, if I'm going to play Mike Davis against Tampa Bay, because they give up catches to running back uh, the giants, they really have, they've been pretty stout against rushing, but against receiving backs, that's, that's kind of the way that people have been targeting him. So Miles Sanders comes back and we know he's, you know, in the mix there always, 6,400 just seems kind of cheap for him coming off of injury priced around guys like Chase Edmonds, Chris Carson's questionable. Joe Mixon probably won't go. Um, And then we're already into the 5k range. So I'm interested to kind of hear where you guys are going. I mean, for me, like I was building a cash team. I just threw in Aaron Jones, threw in Mike Davis and kind of just went building from there. But um, in GPPs, like I said, I like I like Miles Sanders a lot this week. I mean, if Chubb's not activated, Kareem Hunt would be just I'd have so much of them in the spot against Houston. But if if it's Chubb and Hunt, it kind of makes it frustrating for me to kind of guess who. And then, you know, Leonard Fournette coming in at 5,500 will be the other guy to talk about here. He's going against Carolina. It's a favorable matchup. And, you know, he has, uh, I think he's out-snapped, out-targeted, and out-rushed, or maybe not out-rushed, but there there was one other stat that I saw um, from Ronald Jones in the past couple weeks. And Ronald Jones has kind of been out of the favor in the passing game with the drops, and Fournette has just been out there. And, you know, last week was was not conducive of anything for Tampa Bay as they couldn't hardly put up any points anywhere. But against this Carolina team, you know, where running backs have smashed against him, if he's going to be the lead back, I have interest in him at 5,500. Um, Gio Bernard, I mean, the people will play him, but 5,400 against the Steelers. I'm not, I'm not interested in him, but he could be leverage off of that guy. So Kev, you talked about there being a lot of running backs this week that you w- were interested in. Um, are those, some of those running backs, are there other running backs in other spots that you want to talk about? I mean, I think net Aaron Jones is my, one of my favorite, if not my favorite play of this entire weekend, 7,100. I think that's probably a little bit too cheap. For the upside that he has, I mean, the man can put up a forty burger uh, pretty quickly against Jacksonville. Great matchup at home. You know, I, I know Jamal Williams will be, should be back for this game, but that doesn't really concern me all that much. Uh, I love Aaron Jones at seventy one hundred. Again, I think James Conner at sixty nine hundred against Cincinnati, and, uh, which is you know a great matchup for him. I do have concern with some usage there, but I think Nick Chubb is 100% playing this weekend. Um, he he returned yesterday. He practiced again today. He actually sh- he was wearing a brace on Wednesday. He shed that brace today, which is just another positive sign. All by all accounts, starting from Monday to now, he has looked fantastic in practice. Like he's ready to go. And so I am. I would be absolutely shocked if he does not play this weekend. We'll know obviously by tomorrow which is Friday um, or today, depending on when you're listening to this, but at 6,800 against Houston, I know there's going to be some concerns for people that, you know, what's his involvement going to be in the offense? Are they going to give him a full workload? I think they will. I don't know any reason why they wouldn't. He's been held out for six weeks. He's ready to go. He's practiced since Monday. And, so I, I don't see any reason why they hold him back. So this is a great matchup for him at 6,800. He should be like 7,500 in this matchup against Houston. Um, I think you can play James Robinson. The dude continues to get 
all of the touches out of this backfield against Green Bay. Green Bay has been not been very good against the run. I love him. We've already you already talked about Miles Sanders, sixty four hundred against against Philly. Fantastic matchup. Sixty four hundred dollars is entirely too cheap for what he for his upside and his ceiling. So I love some Miles Sanders for, if you can get to him. We're gonna have some monitor things. I would love to play Chris Carson because the Rams have not been very good against the run either. But it doesn't sound. I mean, Chris Carson. I don't think has really practiced yet, and I think. Um, yeah, he, he still did not practice again today. So it's really looking like he's not going to play. He's yet to practice this week. I think they said they're going to try to get him to run to, uh, tomorrow to see how he looks, but that doesn't sound too encouraging. So if you had to play him, I mean, I, th- I think you could go right back to the well of DJ Dallas again in this matchup, you know, against the Rams if you wanted to. Um, but I, I want to play Antonio uh, or Antonio Gibson so badly. I'm waiting for this dude to have an eruption game. And against, against Detroit, it very well could come because Detroit is terrible against the run. He's only 5,600, but it's been so frustrating to watch how they've utilized him because it doesn't make any sense. Like the, the reason, the way they're not utilizing him as much as a pass catcher, they're using JD McKissick. Like they're lining JD McKissick up all up mm-hmm. over the field. Like JD McKissick is number is two is second among all running backs and slot snaps. Uh, last week he saw 14 targets. Last week against the Giants, nine receptions for 82 yards. He played 85% of the snaps, which kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, they were trailing in that game. But, um, I mean, if you wanted to play J.D. McKissick at 4,900, that's not a – you know, it's – it's. I, I've seen worse plays. Um, and as, as evolved as he's, he's become in the passing game, I mean, he's fourth in receptions among running back. He's third in receiving yards. He's fourth in targets. Like, he's just not going to get any carries for you at about a 4,900 – and if he can find the end zone, like it's it's not crazy to think about playing somebody like that because they are real, just putting him all over the field. I mean, he's eighteen percent of the targets and this from this team. So, but like I said, I do think Antonio Gibson is an interesting play, um, especially with you know with the Lions looking like they're going to be missing some of their weapons. That I think that that's where somebody like him becomes. Uh, you know, Antonio Gibson is not going to carry any ownership, especially with people getting burnt by him last week. I don't. I don't hate Antonio Gibson. I think Antonio Gibson can bounce back a little bit. It's a great matchup against Detroit. Uh, the Giants have been decent against the run, and so maybe it was more of a, a you know a game plan um, type move of, of why they did what they did with with, J- with JD McKissick. But um, you know at fi- at fifty six hundred, I just don't think that's crazy. You already mentioned Duke Johnson. I think Duke Johnson is a fantastic play against uh, Cleveland at, at fifty four. David Johnson's not playing this week. I would be I would be surprised at this point if he clears the protocol because he's yet to clear. And you know we're looking at Friday, so a five K Duke Johnson who is likely going to handle the majority of the of the touches from this backfield. You know, in a better and a decent matchup against Cleveland. Revenge, Kev. Revenge. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, right? And, and you got a little bit, of, and you and you got a little bit of that. I mean, I don't really try to look at that stuff, but it is what it is on that. But, you know, I think that's probably where you could go up. You know, and to be honest with you, I guess we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Justin Jackson because Justin Jackson as well has not practiced this week. And I know people thought he was going to return. I know he, he, he returned a little bit, which is the most frustrating I think I've been in a, uh, with, with a player. To, uh, I had so much Justin Jackson last week, 4,900, and I had so many lineups that were looking fantastic going into that game. And it's like I was actually at a baseball tournament with my son, and so I was kind of checking some of the stuff, see what was going on, because I knew where I was at and some things. And I'm like, why is what's going on? Why is Justin Jackson's name? Why, why does he still have zero points? It should be like halftime. What is going on? And I go and look, and then they say he returned, 
but then I guess he never, I mean, he, he didn't do anything the rest of the game. So super tilting. So I'll have to see there. <clears throat> I guess it could be Kalen Balazs coming back home at 5K, but who knows? I mean, J- Joshua Kelly's 4,400, but then they also have Tremaine Pope. So I have to see if he's going to play. So I think that's pretty much just a stay away situation where I can't play any of those running backs. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Maddie, let's say you at the position here. I mean, you guys pretty much touched on most of it. Um, have you guys seen an update on Kenyon Drake? I, I think uh, he's practiced. He's he's he's, pra- he's limited. He's been limited. limited. He's, he's going to play. He's he's playing. He's got a ligament tear in his ankle. So yeah, but he's he's so since Wednesday he practiced. He was limited yesterday. He's limited today. Um, it sounds like he's all he he's going to play. He's he'll return. Okay, because if he's out, Chase Edmonds at sixty three hundred. He got twenty eight freaking touches last week. You have to play him at sixty three hundred if if Drake sits. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, you guys covered most of it. Aaron Jones is probably my favorite running back of the entire slate, regardless of price. Um, I think 71 is too cheap for him. Uh, and he's a great way to get exposure to the Packers, if you're not even if you're not playing Rodgers, because you know he's going to – Jones is going to be involved heavily, especially when they get down near the goal line. So, uh, right. yeah, I love Jones. I uh, love the Miles Sanders call. I mean, 20 – he had like 26 and 27 touches in the first couple weeks. Uh, and then they kind of backed off of him a little bit, a little slower games, game script got out of hand. Uh, he was smashing Baltimore before he got hurt. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think I, I just really like the Eagles this week um, as a whole. I think the Giants defense has shown the last couple of weeks um, that they can give up a little bit of points. Uh, so I, I do like Sanders as well. Um, I, don't, I actually don't mind the Gibson call either. It's just talking through like all these running backs. It's just there's nothing I feel really good about, which is why I kind of, you know, alluded to running back is kind of gross this week. I mean, there's a lot of guys where like, yeah, I could see a path for them to hit their ceiling, but at the same time, there's also a path for them to do next to nothing for me. And so that's why I kind of made the, made the argument as, you know, this may be a good week to play Mike Davis at a 4k because, you know, I do see a path where Antonio Gibson smashes, you know, kind of like the Dallas game. Uh, where he had tw- 20 carries and ran for 128 yards and a touchdown. Like that is, he has that ability in him, but they also won that game 25 to three. I don't think, you know, the Lions are just going to roll over the same way uh, Dallas did in that game. So, you know, like what happens if the if Washington is in a back and forth game or if they're down by a score, like then we see McKissick come in. McKissick's got 14 and eight targets in the two games Alex Smith has started. So, he has clearly been a safety blanket, which, you know, makes a lot of sense for a guy coming off a severe leg injury. He doesn't want to take sacks. He's going to want to get the ball out quickly. And McKissick is going to always going to be running routes within three yards of the line of scrimmage. So it makes sense that he is the security blanket for him there. Um, and then you guys touched on the other guy, Duke Johnson. I, I you know, 20 touches last week in the same role. Uh, if David Johnson's out. I mean, it's hard to pass on on volume at the running back position. But again, Cleveland has not been a good team to run the football on. But we know Duke Johnson can be involved in the pass game. So uh, I think it's an interesting spot. It's not, you know, it, it just keeps going back to there are ways that all of these guys can bust. And I'm, I think I'm just going to play the ownership game on running back this week outside of guys like Aaron Jones and Miles Sanders um, because I, I'm confident in what, what they can get me. And these other guys are just kind of – they're, they're multiple pathway guys, and there's definitely paths for them to smash, and there's also paths for them to have – if you have them, you lose. <laughs> so it's it's a weird week at running back for me. 
Yeah, I think I, I think it, it's kind of weird for me too. I mean, just the the players in these spots. I mean, you you kind of touched on it, Kev. I mean, yeah, James uh, James Robinson. You know, the the back is I, I love him, but you know, playing on the road here in in Green Bay when they could be up, and Chris Thompson now being back, like they could just get him off of the field out of that game. Like Josh Jacobs, I've talked about him so many times about. The, you know, getting the getting the usage and getting the carries. John Gruden wants to run this kid into the ground, um, which I like, but it just it doesn't really equate to that many big games if he's not finding the end zone. Um, and then Chase Edmonds would be that other guy too. But him, you know, Kenyon Drake being back, it's just going to be gross. Carson, you know, what what are we doing with him? If he's, you know, not going to be back, I, I don't really want to play Carlos Hyde if he's back. Um, so it's, it's just really gross, which is why, you know, I, I started looking at Mike Davis and I was like, if this guy's playing, like, I'll just, you know, try and get the receivers right and just not really think about running back. Um, I do want to say with, with Robinson, something I'm going to, I probably won't play him this week, but something I want to pay attention to is he only got two targets with, uh, Lutton in at quarterback. And that was his lowest target total since week one. So, okay. uh, the change at quarterback there, we know Minshew loves to throw to the running back position. Uh, so, right. you know, that's just something I want to pay attention to, even though I'm not playing him, um, and see if that's a consistent theme had it moving forward. If Lutton can, continues to start. I think Thompson was active though. Last week, was that correct? I'm not sure what is, uh, what he said. Yeah. He saw four targets last week, um, in the game against Houston. So I know that could, probably could have affected how many targets he saw as well. Um, yeah, but he's been active. Week two, he saw four targets. Week three, he saw six targets. Week five, he saw three. Week six, he saw four. Week nine, he saw four. And okay. uh, Robinson's lowest target count outside of week one has been four. And he got okay. two last week. So even with Thompson active in, in previous games, uh, Robinson still has seen a, a four to six target, uh, targets per game. So Yeah, he's, he's, he's still played seven. Yeah, it's just, it turns into week, so. more of a pure rushing uh, outlook for Robinson if, if Lutton's not going to throw to him. And, I mean, he's got a pretty big arms, and he le- looks like he wants to stretch the ball down the field, and, and that's what he did in college too. So it may be a thing. Um, it may not be. It may just be a one-game anomaly. So it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something I pay attention to. Fair enough. Yeah, because it, cause, I mean, it looks like – so, yeah, he played 78% of the snaps, six red zone, six red zone touches, but he, he ran 12 routes, only two targets, no receptions. Almost had 100 yards. Yeah, which, I mean, if you look, I mean, week four through seven, he had 22, or yeah, 22 routes, 19, 22, 19. But previous to that, it was 11, 13, and 15 rounds. So we'll just have to see, uh, yeah, how it shakes out. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's let's talk about receiver, guys, moving along here. And, I mean, receiver is going to be fun this week. There's a lot of good spots here um, at receiver and, and a lot of – those guys are high, high priced. So that's why people will look to pay down at running back. But we got Devontae Adams, who's at the top and what he's been doing on this year has proven that he deserves the price tag of nine K as he comes in this week and maybe even more. I mean, the target totals are just absolutely absurd um, since getting hurt in that Detroit game of just double digits in every week. I mean, two games over 170 yards, 196 yards uh, against Houston in this Jacksonville uh, defense, the secondary has just uh, been a turnstile. I mean, even with Sidney Jones being out there, who's who's been o- okay, but the volume that they're seeing is just ridiculous. Clay Books, 
uh, Herndon, C.J. Henderson, the rookie, like these guys are just going to be no match for Adams, who's going to be everywhere on the field. So people will probably be looking to play Adams with like Mike Davis or with some of those cheap running backs to fit him in. But then you got DeAndre Hopkins at 7,700, Metcalf, Diggs, Thomas, Keenan Allen, uh, all round out to 7K range. And so, you know, Maddie, you kind of talked about it at the top, right? Like a lot of people want to play Arizona Buffalo. So I, I really think that Stefan Diggs ownership here is going to be good. Even with Patrick Peterson on the other side, he's been beat this year before he is their better corner. Um, Drake or Patrick's been out. I think he'll be back this week, but they're dealing with a slew of other injuries to their secondary. So if these guys have to rotate out at all, I mean, Stefan Diggs has been amazing and he's Josh Allen's favorite guy. So um, he's in a good spot. You know, Beasley's in a good spot in the slot. John Brown, if he can get, you know, some of these deep connections, the, the Buffalo side will be targeted. Arizona side, maybe Hopkins gets targeted too, even with Tredavious White over there. Christian Kirk, I, I believe, will garner some ownership at 5'7". Uh, and then the Seattle guys and Rams guys, like th- those ownership is going to be crazy um, when you're looking at uh, Tyler Lockett again in another good spot. He's 6,500. He comes in at uh, 1100 cheaper than DK Metcalf, Cooper Cup. He's on the injury report now. That's kind of frustrating to see. Um, limited participant with an oblique injury, but he's 6900 in a good spot. So that's crazy. Uh, you got Robert Woods, 6600. I mean, these guys, all these guys in the 6K range and above are going to see ownership, not even to mention guys like Keenan Allen, who's 7100 um, against Miami, Michael Thomas, 7400, which just seems way too cheap. Uh, for him. So, you know, as we look at the spots, I think what I'll try and do is to get pieces from the games that I want to target, right? I want, I like the Rams game. So I like getting to Cooper cup on some teams. I like this getting Seattle pass catchers. It's another locket week. I feel like this week in the slot there is Jalen Ramsey will be uh, on DK Metcalf. And so when I'm looking at this range, like I still think that DraftKings has mispriced some of these guys. And I want to hear your opinion on it, Maddie, because we're looking at Brandon Cooks, who's 5,600, who's, you know, arguably been the alpha receiver there since Bill O'Brien's been fired. I mean, he's he's been leading Will Fuller in pretty much every category besides the touchdowns. Um, and he's 5,600. I just don't understand, like. What needs to happen? He's, you know, saw nine targets last week, only caught three of them, but it was for 80, 83 yards, had the 57-yard touchdown, put up 17 DraftKings points, and they don't want to price him up, um, which just seems crazy. Deontay Johnson at 5,200 going against Cincy. I, I know that, you know, Claypool and Juju are there too, but Deontay, if he's healthy, man, he is the guy. And you're looking at last week, I mean, 10 targets. It was, it was kind of frustrating to not see him, you know, able to get the score there, but it, Roethlisberger loves this guy and he's going to continue to use them. It's way too cheap. Um, Tim Patrick should be back. Uh, Curtis Samuel, 4,900. That seems, you know, like too cheap to me with McCaffrey out the way that he's been utilized. So it, it does shape out to be a fun week at wide receiver where I'm just looking to, you know, maybe get one or two of these guys who are in the mid tiers and then, you know, kind of pay down at one or two of the other spots in the flex. So I'm kind of curious to see what you're thinking, Maddie, how are you feeling about wide receiver this week? Yeah. I mean, nine K is, is tough to pay for Devonte Adams. Uh, I mean, you, you almost have to play Mike Davis if you're going to go that route. Um, but I mean, it's it's Adams and Jones, right? Or, or in the, the random MVS blow up games, um, that's that's really their offense. So I wouldn't hate you for playing a nine K Adams because he does have forty point upside. But 
Man, I, I it's gonna you'd have to sell me on the rest of your team because nine K is is a lot for one guy. Um, outside of him, I, I mentioned the Buffalo Arizona game. Uh, Hopkins seventy seven hundred. I think this is the cheapest we've seen him yet this year. Maybe. Yeah, he's been in the eight K range in the last since week two. He's been seventy seven hundred or higher in the last three games. He's been over eight K. So back down to the seventy seven hundred range. Uh, a guy who's going to put up twenty five to twenty eight points on a weekly basis. I uh, definitely like him there. Uh, I think we see Jalen Ramsey, the coach for the uh, the Rams, came out and said, that's why the whole reason you play the game is to put superstars on superstars. And I think he was hinting at uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to be covering uh, DK Metcalf. So that it does, like you said, Ryan, I think it's a locket week uh, for that reason, even though Ramsey hasn't been – as much of a shutdown as you know, he was a couple of years ago in Jacksonville. Um, Keenan Allen, 10, he's had over 10 targets in every game that he's played with, with Herbert. And I think that's 7,100 is still too cheap for him. And uh, slot receivers are, are where you attack Miami because they're good corners. Xavier Howard and Byron Jones uh, play on the outside. So I'm expecting another big Keenan Allen day. Uh, I love the Houston side. I, I agree. Brandon cooks is way too cheap. Uh, him and Will Fuller continue to share over half of the the market share for air yards and targets uh, for Houston. So it's it's a pretty obvious stack when when you're loading up the Sean Watson. You can easily uh, you throw in one of the tight ends or you load up both the receivers, uh, Fuller and Cook. So I love both of those guys this week. Uh, I don't think Cleveland has an answer for them. Um, mentioned Philly. I think Fulgham is going to see uh, see Bradbury. A decent amount. So I, I'm actually on on Rager this week for 4,200. Uh, I think he's, you know, he's. We keep seeing these deep targets to Rager, and uh, we, we finally saw him catch a, a short touchdown last week. So he's definitely going to be utilized uh, pretty heavily moving forward. And you know, there's been a lot of talk about how good this this rookie wide receiver is, and uh, I'm excited to see him get a couple games under his belt and then finally turn him loose. Uh, I still think they've got a little bit of training wheels on him, but uh, I think 4,200 is, is too cheap for a guy like Rager who, who can stretch the field and can kind of uh, run the entire route tree. So uh, I will be having some some Jalen Rager this week. Uh, outside of that, why is why is Brandon Ayuk 5,700 against New Orleans? Debo is, <laughs> Debo is doubtful, and this dude has seen seven and ten targets over the last two games. He's approached the 100-yard mark in both of them. Uh, he's scored – Four touchdowns on the year this year, both rushing and receiving. I mean, I don't see how he doesn't score 20 DK points, and he's 5,700. So uh, I would completely throw out that Tampa Bay showing we just saw against New Orleans on primetime because the New Orleans defense is not that good. Uh, they've been giving up a ton of points playing in shootouts all year long, and then finally on primetime, everybody's on the Bucks and – they go out and shut basically shut out the Bucks until the last drive of the game. So I think San Francisco, even with a backup quarterback, can move the ball. Um, and it's going to be because of Ayuk, and they'll get born back because of the COVID stuff. Um, so, yeah, I really like Ayuk at 5,700. I think he's, you know, in too cheap range down there. Um, and then it's weird seeing – I, I, I fell victim to playing DJ Moore last week at 5,600 uh, against Kansas City, even though they're not the best spot for playing wide receivers. And neither is, you know, 
going against Tampa Bay, but 5,100, man, his price just keeps falling and falling and falling. And with CMC now out again, I mean, are we going to see Moore's target share start to creep back up to the, you know, he was seeing about five to six targets a game with some, a couple games where he saw 11. And if he's going to see, you know, close to double digit targets, 5,100 is too cheap. And I, I think this could be a game where that happens because, you know, Tampa Bay has got one of the better offenses in the league. And, and I think Carolina is going to have to put up points on the other side. So uh, with no CMC, you know, they now revert back to the pass and it's going to be Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Mike Davis. And it's all going to be through the air. So I, I think 5,100 DJ Moore is also very interesting. Outside of that, oh my yeah, it gets, it's kind of gross down there in in the 4k range outside of Rager. And I don't even feel great about Rager. I just think he's a guy you can take a shot on um, with, with decent upside, even though we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And, and plus with the, with the way you're feeling about Wentz too. I mean, that, that makes a ton of sense yeah. as well to have that stacked up. Uh, Kev, talk to us about wide receiver, man. Where are you at this week? Yeah. I mean, you guys hit on a lot of them already. Um, definitely going to be, uh, I think Keenan Allen uh, is, is super interesting at, at 7,100. He gets a great matchup. Uh, he's going to get one of the better matchups being on the inside. So if you're wanting to stack uh, Herbert, I mean, he's going to get Nick Needham, who's allowed pretty much 70% catch rate on the season. Um, so, and the dude has just been absolutely peppered with targets every single, I still don't understand why he's only 7,100 yeah, considering crazy. the amount of targets he sees every he was, he was single last week. week. <laughs> I mean, he's it's 13, double digits 12, every week 11. since Herbert started. Yeah. Uh, other than the week that he got hurt. Where, um, I think he, he got double early. digits. Other than that, that, yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he only got two. Oh, he got yeah, hurt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that but uh, that, he scored that touchdown left. We didn't see him the rest of the game. Anyways, but uh, so I mean, Keenan Allen again. I, I just don't get it. Seventy one hundred. Michael Thomas seventy four hundred. I think you can uh, you can go back to that again. Um, you know, he was involved heavily early until they they it was just kind of a blowout and they didn't really need to play him anymore. So Michael Thomas seventy four hundred again. You know, he's a guy that probably should be. You know, we're typically used to see him in the eighty five nine k range and a seventy four hundred. You know, I think you can go there at home. So I do like Michael Thomas. Uh, I get people wanting to play Cooper Cup. Not saying the Robert, you know, Robert Woods is probably going to be seeing, more, you know, a lot of Jalen Ramsey. Uh, the corner that he is going to be seeing is absolutely fucking awful. Um, and DJ Reed, who's allowing eighty six percent catch rate, eighty fucking six percent. Could you? How do you? How do you even have a job if you're allowing eighty six percent? catch rate like that's just fucking everything and a 2.64 yards per route covered which is uh i think of the most of any corner outside of Devonte harris um further further for the, for the it, it, it's fucking awful so I, I get why people want to play cooper cup uh he is obviously you know one of his favorite targets but i still think you can play robert woods 6600 um especially if he's going to be coming well uh less um owned so I like that a lot. I really want to play Terry McLaurin because he has a great matchup too. Because Dev- Desmond Trufant has been awful this year, but I, I don't know what to expect with him with Alex Smith. Like uh, I-, I don't know, you know, I think he can still see a lot of targets, but I don't think he's going to be seeing any deep targets because uh, that's just not what Alex Smith does. Um, unless you know he's playing with Kansas City with the best weapons in the league. So <laughs> I still don't hate Wait. it though at sixty eight hundred. Um, I love Will Fuller. Um, I don't know if you guys mentioned him. Yes. But Jarvis Landry is a fucking smash play at 5,900. Like, uh, I absolutely love Jarvis Landry at 5,900. He is going to see a ton of targets. I like him and Austin Hooper quite a bit. Like, if you want to, if you can tell yourself a story where this game stays close and and it's a high scoring affair, I think stacking 
really, if you wanted to, uh, I think even if you wanted to play Baker, I think you could with Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper. Like I, 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 yeah. I love all three of them. No Odell. So, you know, you, if you try to figure out where the targets are going to go, they're definitely going to go to Jarvis Landry and, um, and Austin Hooper, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry, the last time we saw him, 11 targets, uh, that was in that game where it was, you know, windy as fuck out. And, right. um, he, he still saw 11 targets in that game. So I think Jarvis Landry at 5,900 is just entirely, entirely too cheap. Yeah, fuck, fuck Richard Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just had to do it for you. Just had to do it for you. Oh, no, um, Will on the chat. Um, no, but, Kev, I, I, I hear you. Yeah, I, I, I just think that's way too cheap. I, he, he probably sees 10 to 15 targets and um, – if if Houston can keep this game close, I, I think he sees a, a ton of targets, and that's just too cheap for him. But I, you know, in this kind of range, I, I like a lot of guys in this range. You know, I think Juju Smith Schuster at sixty one hundred, he gets a great matchup here. Um, you know, if uh, Chris Godwin six K, Chris Godwin, like uh, sign me up for that all day. And then you know, um, and then you know, I think Antonio Brown at fifty eight hundred. Like, I, if you want to pay down at wide receiver, like this is a good week to do so. Christian Kirk at fifty seven hundred, he continues to to pop off the deep threat there. Uh, he's not going to see Tre'Davious White, which I don't really care about Tre'Davious White. Tre'Davious White has looked like trash this year for the most part. I'm not really all that concerned with him. Um, like I said, Jerry Judy fifty six hundred, still too cheap. And then if you want to go down and pay down a little bit further. I do like the DJ Moore call 5,100. That's just ridiculous. Um, but I will say Nelson Aguilar. I don't hate playing Nelson Aguilar at 4,900. I was yeah. talking about that other corner. And that's Devontae Harris. Like, that's who he's going to be seeing the majority of. The question is, how many targets is he going to see? Because, uh, you know, last week he only saw three, two, nine in that one game. So, you know, if, if he's if he's not going to – if he's getting that kind of target, I don't think you can really trust him there. I think Ruggs is another way uh, – another guy you could go with, you know, kind of as a uh, as a, just a GPP type play. Um, and then I'll say this, uh, Darius Slayton, 4,800, way too fucking cheap. Um, if, if, if this game turns out to be what I, what I think it could be, and that's uh, high scoring um, with, with Carson Wentz, and, every, and if we want to play there, uh, a great run back would either be Darius Slayton or Sterling Shepard. Both of them are, are really cheap at 5K and then 4,800 for Darius Slayton. So I do like both of them. And Darius Slayton has game breaking or slate breaking upside. Uh, we've seen it before from him, and so I I, I like J- uh, Darius Slayton quite a bit. You guys already mentioned Jalen Rager at forty two hundred. I think he's pretty interesting as well. Yeah, get, so you talked about um, the Landry play being at fifty nine hundred, and he's a guy that I I really like, and I played him that week against the Raiders, and I, I guess that was uh, called a fish play um, from playing Jarvis because he had you know disappointed for so long. But if he gets that touchdown against the Raiders, it's a different story. Um, actually, he had two end zone opportunities to convert there, so he's definitely been utilized. But it it just it kind of just speaks you know to me that. DraftKings is going to throw him out at 5,900, but yet Deontay Johnson's 52, like Brandon Cooks is 56. Like some of these prices just don't make sense on these guys that he's priced ahead of. Um, So I definitely, I definitely get it, Kev. I definitely will have interest in him. You know, granted that we can, you know, get some more clarity on how this slate um, breaks out. Cause I do like that. I do like that game um, to go over um, for sure there with Cleveland and, and Houston. So, that, that's definitely interesting to me. Uh, before we talk about tight ends, guys, just real quick, because we just, I mean, I, I feel like we hit on a slew of players there and just like no real direction. So if you guys, you know, what talk to me about the pay up spot, talk to me about pay down spot, like who's your favorite 
maybe guy that's, you know, cheap 5K or, you know, in the 4K range. It doesn't have to be a 3K wide receiver. And then who would be your like pay up options at wide receiver there? Like, are you looking at the Seattle Rams game exclusively? Are you trying to get leverage off of that game and pay down for somebody like, you know, let's talk about Josh Reynolds even who, you know, finds himself at the 3K price tag and he was getting, you know, a lot of usage going into that field. Is that some leverage that you can get? I know a lot of people played David Moore in Russell lineups last week to kind of get leverage there off of DK Metcalf. So I just want to talk about the situations and where you guys think you'll be going this week. I know it's Thursday, but early on this week, who are your favorite pay up plays and pay down plays? Uh, Maddie, I'll go back to you. Uh, Keenan is my favorite pay up. Him and probably Robert Woods. I think 6,600 is too cheap for Robert Woods against Seattle. We haven't really seen a high-volume Woods game yet, and he still continues to put up, you know, fantasy points. So I think in this game they're going to have to throw a lot, and Seattle is a team that you can throw on very easily. So, yeah, I, Keenan Allen, I mean, you know you're getting 10-plus targets from him, and slots against Miami has been a thing all year. Uh, they're that's by far their worst cornerback on, on the defensive side. So uh, those two would be my payups. I, it's not really a, a value, but Ayuk is probably one of my favorite point per dollar receivers at 5,700. I just, that offense, I, I just find it. I don't see how he doesn't touch the ball 10 plus times uh, with no Debo, no Kittle. Uh, you know, they get, they involve him in handoffs and all that. Uh, get him involved in as many ways as they can. So I think 5,700 for a guy who can have 100 yards receiving and a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown, I, I think it's too cheap. So, yeah, and I, I will say I, I don't have many cheap wide receivers that I feel good about. Like, if you can get to these 5K, 6K guys, please do. Because, I mean, these 3 and 4K guys, it's – like there are paths, like similar to kind of how we were talking about running back. There are paths, like Josh Reynolds. Uh, if the Rams are are behind, I mean, it's I, I think about these high total pass games where you got to pass a lot, similar to the NBA, right? So if you've got a high total NBA game um, where you know there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of lot more possessions than there normally are, the guys who rely on more rebounds and counting stats, they get more fantasy points because they are involved in more plays. So that's kind of how these cheap wide receivers are in these high scoring games uh, where a higher pass volume occurs is you've got, they're on the field for more snaps, one and two, there's more targets to go around. So all of a sudden that floor of zero turns into a floor of five points with a a ceiling of 20. So I don't hate, like if you're going to roll out golf, I honestly don't even hate a golf woods, Josh Reynolds stack. If you wanted to go that route, like, probably reserved for very large field tournaments, but I definitely see a path where, where that could work out. So again, value this week across the board is, is just, there's so many paths for all of the value to bust. And I, I think paying attention to ownership this week makes is, is very, very important. Kev, what about you? How are you feeling about pay up, pay down at wide receiver specifically? Yeah, if I'm paying up, it's going to be, like I said, Michael Thomas or Keenan Allen or Tyler Lockett. I don't know if I mentioned him, but um, I'm probably going to play Tyler Lockett over DK Metcalf this week. Uh, 6,500 is um, just a little bit too cheap for him. I think they try to get him back on track a little bit. So uh, 6,500 for Tyler Lockett, really like that. In terms of the 5K range, you know, I already talked about Jarvis Landry, really love him. Christian Kirk, Brandon Cooks, I think those are all options you can go to. And then if you're wanting to pay down, you know, I already mentioned Darius Slayton. 
Jalen Rager, I agree with. And then I think the other one um, is KJ Hamler. Uh, if you look at him over the last two weeks, I have uh, stuff pulled up. Uh, week eight, he played 86% of the snaps, ran 38 routes, only targeted three times. Uh, he did find the end zone. And then week nine against Atlanta, 70% of the snaps, 36 routes, 10 targets, six receptions, 75 yards. I think at 3,800, I think you can really tell me a story of how how he gets there. They're, they're involving him more. Uh, he's obviously super explosive. They were kind of drafting him in the mindset of, of him kind of being their their sort of Tyree kill. He possesses that kind of speed. So I, they're, they're finally getting him involved, you know, with Drew Locke back and everything else. Like if you're wanting to play a Drew Locke stack, I think, or even a one-off of KJ Hamler, I think he makes a lot of sense against Oakland, whose secondary is trash. Yeah, no, that that's fair. I know that. Uh, Will, Will, shout out to Will in the chat. He he brought that up as well too of playing KJ Helmler. So I think that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean for me, I, I love those guys. Uh, Rams receivers. Uh, I, I'll probably lean Cooper Cup over Woods. He's he's done pretty well in this matchup um, in the past, but I, I do like Robert Woods too. Um, lock, lock it. I'm going back to the well again at 6,500. Uh, just crazy um, on his price. And then yeah, Keenan Allen. I mean, he's he's if you're if you're building cash lineups like and you are not considering playing this dude at this price tag, like don't don't play cash anymore uh, because he he's a lock. He's a lock. Um, and then in the mid range, yeah, I, li- I love uh, Brandon Cooks, um, and it, I, I like uh, in the four K range. I like Cole Beasley at forty seven hundred in this game against Arizona. You know, he he was seeing his. He he's just been when it's tough matchups for Stefan Diggs. I feel like he's he's kind of been leaned on, and you know, only five targets in the past two weeks there. Um, with John Brown, you know, kind of being back and healthy, but I still like him in this game because of uh, Patrick Peterson being there on the other side and just no slot corner that really Arizona has that you're worried about. They're having so many injuries beat and, and DraftKings price, like they, they, you know, he had 5,300 in that two target game and then they priced him up a hundred to 54 last week. And he went for three and 39 and then they dropped him all the way down to 47. So I feel like he's a good leverage play and helps me get exposure to Josh Allen there um, on teams that I might not otherwise do. And then the other guy real quick was just um, Chris Conley. He comes in at the mid min price at three K. Um, I was looking at Keelan Cole to start because I did like, you know, figuring out what I could do at cheap receiver in that Packers game of if Lutton is going to have to throw. And he he got eight targets from Lutton in this first game. So, you know, it's not something that you could necessarily bank on, but I think it is interesting. Chark is dealing with an illness. He didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice for today. If, if Chark somehow missed or wasn't going to be 100%, I think Conley's uh, uh, interesting there as, you know, you could project Jacksonville to maybe have to throw 40 times in that game. So um, I, I like him. A lot. I will say this just for reference, we'll have to keep an eye on this. So it looks like the game in Cleveland, it's going to be 40 mile an hour wins again. Oh, uh, it's a, oh my God. Okay, man, I, don't, I don't like that game. Chance of rain of 80% <laughs> and then winds 25 to 35 miles an hour. Wow. But it does say mainly cloudy and windy with occasional rain, mainly in the morning. So I, I don't know what that means. So I, that's why I said we'll have to monitor it and see how it's going to come in because. Uh, All right, Kev, right. give the weather report. Give the weather yeah. report on Sundays on the TFA yeah, show. That's what we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to monitor, see what the see what the weather's looking like, because right now that's what they're calling for. For um, tune into the TFA game day Sunday show. There you <laughs> go. There's the plug. Ten a.m. Central. <laughs> Get weatherman Kev on there. Um, no, that's What's funny. Kevin Kev. It's Kevin Steele time now. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. No, something to monitor for sure. Um, let's talk about tight end and defense as we get ready to wrap this up, guys. And so tight end, you know, it's it's kind of a wasteland to me this week. I'm Dallas definitely Dallas I'm, I'm definitely looking at paying down. Yeah, I mean Dallas Garter, he's forty two hundred. I do I do have interest in Austin Hooper, like you mentioned, Kev. Like he's thirty nine hundred coming back there from the um, you know, appendectomy and if he's healthy and it looks like all signs are pointing to that, like he's in a great spot here. You know, if that game, if we can avoid the windy balls too um, in that game, I, I do like him. I do like um, getting to some Gerald Everett too. I mean, going into the bye for this team, he was seeing 14 targets in his past two games. Really, I thought carved out a role to be a safety blanket for them and going against this, you know, Seattle team that, um, can get pressure. They just got seven sacks on Josh Allen last week. So if he needs to find guys in the middle of the field, I think that would be Coop and, and maybe even Everett too. At 3,100, he's nice. And then talk about the guy who's on the back right there, jerseys hanging up, Jacob Hollister at 2,900. He's seen his, his snap shares go up. Like uh, Olsen's has been going down. He's got seven. He has seven targets last week. Five catches for 60. If he's going to be seeing a significant role here in this offense with, you know, Will Disley kind of being out of out of fair and, you know, Greg Olson just he's getting older and maybe he can't handle the the workload. And Jacob Hollister has kind of found himself into some games, you know, three targets against Arizona week seven, only two and against San Fran. But um you know, we we know from last year that he he is, you know, he he is a guy that can go out there and, and have a rapport with with Russ. I, I do like paying down this week. I mean, at the top, you got Darren Waller, but it's been so hard to pay the price tag for Darren Waller the past couple of weeks. It just hasn't really hit six K for a tight end. You really need to be getting production out of there. Then you got TJ Hawkinson, and like Kev said, he's on the injury report with the toe injury, which is very frustrating because this will be the guy that I feel like Stafford would lean on. He has such a solid floor um, with his target totals, you know, being around uh, five, six, ten, eight in the past four games. So you definitely like that. And then I do have some Evan Ingram interests. I do think the tight end there that you want to play is Goddard. But Evan Ingram at 4,500 with Tate being out of the mix and, um, you know, just – Danny Dimes, if he isn't hitting the big play, he's got to look short. And Ingram's been having some pretty solid weeks to speak of um, in the past couple past couple weeks. So uh, talk to me, guys. Uh, Kev, I'll start with you. Tied in this week. You said Goddard, and that's it? I'm going to have a lot of Goddard. I mean, it's hard to get away from him at 4200 uh, That's a great price. I think it's too cheap. You know, Austin Hooper already mentioned, but we're going to have to monitor the wind and this weather from this game. You know, I, I like Hawkinson a lot. Uh, we'll have to see if he's. I think he'll play. I don't know if it's a maintenance thing. I don't know. It just seems weird that he went from a full practice on Tuesday to not practicing on Thursday. So, or on Wednesday, excuse me, uh, practicing a full on Wednesday and then the, uh, not practicing on Thursday. It could very well just be a maintenance thing, um, given day off, especially with that toe injury that he's nursing. Um, past that, like that's, I don't know. Like it'd be it'd be cool to play Dan Arnold. You know. Uh, <laughs> the Bills have been terrible against tight ends on the season. Oh, uh, yep, yep. But uh, it's really—I mean, I don't know if you, I don't think you could. Pl- that, that's a pretty thin play. I mean, he's—he has a—he has a—he hasn't uh, seen more than fifty percent of the snaps since week four. Um, but he's still running some routes. I mean, 13, 14, 10, one, uh, He had three targets week seven and one target in week nine against Miami. So, yeah, that's probably that's that's pretty much where I come in. I mean, I, I think it's pretty uh, pretty pretty thin for me at least in, in terms of tight end of where i want to get to i like the evan ingram call at 4500 they're finally starting to do more things with them and getting him more uh utilized i would love to play uh one of these texans tight ends but 
with both yeah, of them back, they, they kind of uh, eat into each other's opportunity. Yeah, it's hard to trust. It's hard to trust. Maddie, how about you tied in this week? How are you feeling? Uh, well, I really liked Hooper until we just got the 40 mile an hour wind news. Um, <laughs> that's, I can't, I, I mean, it's the same thing we talked about two weeks ago and we saw every single game that was windy it scored like a combined like 20 to 25 points. It just completely nukes the entire ceiling of, of the, of the whole game. So yeah, right. I, I'll come off that game probably completely. I mean, I guess you could play a one-off here or there for, you know, maybe somebody who catches short passes, but I, it just feels like a game where both teams are going to try to run the ball. Um, yeah. By the way, especially with the Cle- like Cleveland, if you can run all over Houston and they right. have no excuse to throw the ball, so like why don't you just give Chubb and Hunt a combined forty touches? So the Green Bay game, the Green Bay, <laughs> the Green Bay Jacksonville game is also periods of rain and snow showers in the morning, mostly cloudy. Yeah. High near forty, uh, winds <laughs> at twenty to thirty miles an hour with uh, gusts over forty. Play Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. What, what that means. So yeah, we'll see again. Got- we'll have to monitor. I mean, uh, maybe the weather's wrong, but we'll see. Those are the two games that look like are the two biggest threat uh, of the entire of the entire weekend. Um. So yeah, I, I did like Hooper. Um. But I like. Uh, I do like the Evan Ingram call. I mean, 29 targets in the last three games is nothing to scoff at. So uh, I do like Evan Ingram. And Philly, they're one of the worst against tight ends. I mean, they've given up big games to a lot of of tight ends this year. Um, And then down low at 3,100, Gerald Everett going against Seattle, I think is very interesting. Um, His last four games, he's seen four, four, five, and nine targets. Uh, the nine target game was a bit of an anomaly last week because that was uh, the Jared Goff threw sixty one times against Miami because they were trailing the whole time. So I, I'm not anticipating him to get nine targets again. But I mean, if you can give me a thirty one hundred tight end who's got a shot to catch a touchdown and he's going to see four to six targets in a good matchup against Seattle, I'm in. Good I love it. Me. I love what it. What do you guys think? What about so uh, I know I don't know if anybody really mentioned it, but Preston Williams is on IR. So um, I do think one. I, I guess I should have mentioned that Devontae Parker. I think becomes much more uh, friendly because we saw it last year. Once Preston Williams went out, is whatever yeah, Devontae true. Parker really took off. But I also think that could bring good things for Mike Gesicki as well because they don't really. So their other, I mean, their other receiving options aren't anything uh, great. Uh, they traded uh, Isaiah Ford away, and so they still have Jakeem Grant there but um anyway i think mike Gusecki at 4200 uh without preston williams i think uh becomes uh, even more interesting i mean my thing there is williams hasn't seen over five targets since week one so while he's kind of a you know a semi big name in the fantasy circle i mean he hasn't really been involved that involved in the offense i don't know it just with two of man i just don't know I don't know what that passing ceiling is because like Tua was making plays with his legs and they didn't really have to throw it two weeks ago against the Rams. And then they had a little bit of a shootout last week with the chargers um, or I mean with Arizona. And so, yeah, I don't know. 
It's yeah, a, it's, it's, it's another it's I don't be, know spot. <laughs> it's going to be interesting because we, just, yeah, like you said, we did, we just don't have a big enough sample with him uh, in there to to kind of know. But I I do think that Gasecki is interesting. I mean, especially when we're looking at the tight end slate on what it is now, and just looking at the the Chargers defense and really just a shell of itself on what it you know has been uh, that we're that we've known it to be um, in years past. So uh, he could he could need to lean on Gasecki here. Um, and he's interesting at 4,300 and nobody will be thinking about playing this guy be- because of what you're saying, Matty. There's just not enough on him to kind of bank on. So he's, he's good leverage on, on, in multi-entry fields, MME fields, good leverage. Uh, let's talk about defense as we wrap up this pod guys. And so defense, we got Steelers at the top. No, no, uh, surprise there. 4,400 for them, 3,700 for the green Bay. 3,600, then Bucks at 3,400. Then we start getting into like Washington and Saints. That rounds out your 3K guys. Uh, Giants at 2,700 uh, kind of look interesting to me there. Um, who else was I looking at there? I mean, outside of that, I, I like I like the Saints a lot at 3K. I mean, it's Nick Mullins going out there. He, you know, seems to be the the better one of what they've been able to roll out, but he's still turnover prone. And uh, you just like to see that they were able, what they were able to do on Sunday night against the Bucks, And if they're able to get pressure and, you know, wreck his day and not having Samuel out there and not having Mostert out there, like it could just be a long day for San Fran there in the dome. So I do like the saints at three K. I think my favorite uh, defensive play that I've been building around. And then I had some interest too. And, in Green Bay, even though they're 3,700. But uh, let's talk about defense with you guys. How are you feeling this week? Maddie? I'll start with you. Uh, while I do like the Carson Wentz side and the in the Eagles offense, I think that you absolutely should play the Giants defense on non-Eagles teams. Uh, here, let me, read, let me read you out the sack totals. These are – and, you know, there's always a big argument whether sacks are a team stat or a quarterback stat. And I, I tend to side on the, the side that – it's a more of a quarterback stat because you know a guy tends to hold on to the ball longer and just tries to do different things. So here's here's Carson Wentz's sack totals this year: eight, zero, three, three, five, six, three, and four. I mean, the dude just holds on to the ball and just takes hits over and over again. And wow. he also has uh, one, two, three, four, five games where he's thrown two interceptions. While I think he can put up points, I think he's going to make mistakes as well. So I. I Giants, I, you know, I like to pay down. Giants is, is what I'm going to try to pay down uh, and get the salary for because I can't – any of those other defenses below them, I, I can't make a good case for them. Uh, I like that. I like that, Matty. Kev, what about your defense this week? Yeah, I think the Saints are, are, are fine. I think the Eagles are, are a spot you could go to at 3,600. I like the Lions at 2,600. Um, that's probably it. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty straightforward week this week at defense. I mean, high variant position. So you're really just trying to find spots where you can, you know, get pressure, um, hold the team down, make it frustrating for them. So I don't really think you need to think outside the box too much this week here. Um, and that is the week 10 pod. That's the DJ nation week 10 DraftKings breakdown. We appreciate you guys rocking with us 90 minutes. And of course, you know, we're going to do our DraftKings build as we build it up here, but make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. This is where we are, you know, broadcasting every week as well as Periscope as well as Twitch. And if you're listening to it on your podcast software, there, Stitcher, iTunes, what have you, um, we appreciate all the love there, like download rate review. 
the pod. We appreciate it all. All right, guys, let's get into this DraftKings bill. How we do it? Five dollar single entry. It's the huddle on DK. Um, let's see. I'll start it off this week because I haven't I haven't started in a while, and I am gonna say Mike Davis. No, uh, I'm gonna say Keenan Allen at wide receiver, seventy one hundred. Start what there. uh? What's the size field again? Remind me. Uh, it is, I believe, twenty. Let me see here. Twenty k. Let's fade Mike Davis. No, I'm sorry. Eleven. Eleven k. That's still too much. Let's fade Mike Davis. Let's I do it, Ke- Maddie. Go know, ahead. I know Kev will be on board. Uh, Aaron Jones. Kev, what say you? I think we can do it. Let's go, Wentz. All right. So we got Wentz, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, forty nine eighty three per player. Um. Let's go. Let's go. Lock it. Sixty five hundred. Uh, Goddard. Stack with ones. Forty eight hundred per player left. Running back, wide receiver, flex, and defense. Uh, Darius Slayton. Slayton on the run back there. Let's see what we can do here. Uh, Miles Sanders, running back. I do like that uh, double stack there, of Sanders and Wentz, because I mean Sanders can catch a touchdown too. Yeah, um, I like that. And everybody will try and guess pass catcher, uh, wide receiver. Right, because I, I mean, how many times have we seen Wentz throw four touchdowns and 350 yards, and it's like he throws it to like ten different pass catchers where nobody gets over 50 yards, and four right. different guys catch a touchdown. Sanders so, can get one. Boston, Boston yeah. Scott, when Sanders has been out, has gotten them. So four, so it's four K for flex and defense, eight K total. Let's go. Uh, I don't want to do it, but let's go, Duke Johnson. You can have whatever you want. 3K left for defense. Oh, then we're just going to go Saints. Saints D at 3K. So team right now is Carson Wentz, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Darius Slayton, Dallas Goddard, uh, Duke Johnson, Saints D. That's the full salary. That's the team submitting it in. 5K, uh, or I'm sorry, 50K, $5 huddle. And that's going to be a cap on the DJ Nation pod for this week, guys. Thanks for rocking along with us. Much appreciated. Like I said, YouTube channel, Fantasy Authority, The Fantasy Authority. Make sure you guys are going there. Subscribe if you're not already. Appreciate everybody who's been rocking with us all season long, listening to the videos. Like Maddie said at the beginning of the pod, we got two weeks until the Thanksgiving show, and that's going to be fun. We're going to give you guys uh, multiple shows that week as we'll have the Thanksgiving slate. And then we'll come back and do the main slate as well for Sunday. So that's going to be a fun one in two weeks. We'll get you guys more, a little bit more, tease it a little bit next week and uh, kind of roll out the details. But there will be guests on the show. It won't just be the three amigos. We'll bring in some other guys to kind of chop it up with us. But that's going to do it for the Week 10 pod. We will catch you guys in the Slack chat. Reach out to DJ Nation pod, FF uh, underscore authority, fantasy authority pod to get in there or one of us. Ryan Williams at Ryan Alexander underscore W for the Godfather himself, Fantasy Rat 13, Mr. Kevin Steele and Maddie Bucks, Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DFS. That's going to do it for us. We will catch you guys week 11. And until then, get that money. Peace out, y'all. Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to? Better get used to the way the war back I see what you're